Hi, I'm City of Ryde Councillor Penny Pedersen. Thank you for joining me and tuning in to the Make a Stand Against Abuse podcast series. In this podcast series, we're going to learn about domestic violence and abuse, hear the experiences of survivors and find out more about domestic and family abuse support services. Most importantly, we'll learn what we can do to find help for ourselves, family, friends and community members who are experiencing abuse. And welcome to Stories of Resilience, Make a Stand. Today I'm joined by Carla Yani from the Commonwealth Bank of Australia. My name's Tasnia and I'd love to know a little bit more about what you do. Sure. So my name is Carla Yani and I'm the Head of Customer Vulnerability at the Commonwealth Bank. I have the absolute pleasure of supporting the uh, community wellbeing team, which is a relatively small team of about 15 people who have conversations with customers experiencing vulnerability every single day. In particular, they they support customers experiencing family and domestic violence and problem gambling. And we really provide a point of difference from other parts of the bank in that we provide confidential, trauma-informed uh, support to those customers, including direct financial assistance where appropriate, safe banking reviews. So this is where we'll look at their entire customer profile with the bank and we'll see what are the authorities that they have on file? What's the uh, net bank passwords or, or pins that they've got? Do they need to be reset? Do they have an account in their own name? So really looking at their whole profile. And then we also look to what are the what are the referrals that we can make for those customers to to experts in the industry that can support them. So primarily, one of our biggest referral partners is 1800RESPECT for counselling support for those impacted by family and domestic violence. But we also refer to other referral pathways when we consider that it's appropriate for, for those customers that need sort of different or acute extra care. Yeah, for sure. And can you give us a quick outline of the CBA's financial abuse program? Yeah, so CBA's had a long a long journey in its work towards um, financial abuse. So it sort of started in 2015 when we really looked inward and we had a look at how, how we support our employees that are experiencing family and domestic violence. And since then, we've we've introduced a, a range of initiatives and we've partnered with experts in the community to really understand what what's the impact that we should be having in this space. And more recently, we announced the uh, Next Chapter program which is a program that sort of has three pillars. So the first pillar is really around um, supporting customers experiencing vulnerability, and that's where my, my team comes in. So that's really looking at what are the different ways in which we can um, support customers that are experiencing distress and, and acute vulnerability. The second pillar of that is sort of expanding support for long-term recovery. So how do we how do we look at customers when they're post-crisis? They're no longer in sort of the acute um, distress, but they want to work towards that financial independence. And that's where we partnered with the um, Good Shepherd Microfinance to to really look at what's the ways in which we can build a referral pathway with them. So that if we identify a customer that would benefit from longer term financial independence, we can refer it to them and they'll have financial coaches that sort of support them um, and they can also um, provide them with financial assistance as well. The third pillar is really around helping to raise the awareness um, of financial abuse because it is something that 
we know that one in, I think it's one in four women and one in 13 men have reported an incident of intimate partner abuse before. And we know that 90% of all people who seek assistance for domestic and family violence have experienced financial abuse before. So it is something that is really systemic. Um, And when we think about financial wellbeing, which is a huge part of what banks talk about every single day. Um, You can't talk about that without sort of thinking about financial security and you can't think about financial wellbeing without thinking about how it impacts all customers, not just those that have money in their accounts and and may not be experiencing vulnerability. Yeah, for sure. And with this abuse that you've spoken about, how does the CBA actually track it? We do it in a few ways. So one of the um, one of the biggest things is that we really rely on customers to be able to tell us if they're experiencing financial abuse. And one of the one of the trickiest things is that um, it's really hard to identify through the data because financial abuse could mean anything from um, one partner controlling all the finances, and that might be completely healthy and sort of um, it might be completely normal for their arrangement that they've discussed. But then in another context, that might be really um, problematic. This is something that we've spent a lot of time thinking about. And in the past year, we actually, a member of my team, she was supporting a customer and she realised in the transaction descriptions that there was abuse after abuse after abuse. So that customer's ex-partner was sending sending one cent transactions to her and just was labelling the most like horrific things um, in her account. So from there, we we realised that there was a huge opportunity to sort of look into this a little bit more. Um, and what we found in in doing a little bit more of uh, research was that there were eight thousand like customers where they had received less than one dollar and they'd received abuse in their transaction descriptions. So what we did from there was we um, we recognised that this is a huge problem, um, and we also recognised that no one was talking about it. So uh, we worked with our legal team and we worked with our sort of digital teams to update our terms and conditions and our acceptable use policy but there's so much more there's so much more nuance that's that's needed for it like what does abuse in transactions look like in languages other than English we haven't even looked at that yet what does it look like in terms of there may not be abuse but somebody might just be sending you know a transfer with a full stop 100 times a day like that's effectively harassment yeah wow I actually had no idea about all of these niches within um, the financial sector about domestic violence and how that takes place so I've definitely learned something new for the 8,000 clients that you've mentioned that have undergone um, violence in the form of financial abuse. What does the support look like and what is the client's experience? Yeah, so the support from the Commonwealth Bank in particular is uh, customers experiencing family or domestic abuse or any any other vulnerability that puts them in an acute position of or risk of harm can contact my team. So that's the community wellbeing team. We are a specialist trauma-informed team that really understands what it means for customers experiencing distress. And we've got a lot of experience in sort of connecting those customers with external referral pathways. So an average call would look like a customer contacting us and saying that they are about to leave a relationship. So we might talk to them about, do you have a safety plan? Have you sought counselling? Have you spoken to 1-800-RESPECT? And we'll sort of provide them with all of that information up front. But then we also, our focus is we're not trained counsellors. So we have people in the team that have had sort of that as their background, but we make it really clear that we're not trained counsellors. Our role is really around 
securing their their financial security. So having a look at, do you have a bank account in your own name? If you don't, let's set you up a safe account. Has anyone ever accessed your internet banking before? Um, do, the, do you think that you're the person that's causing you harm, has got access to your passwords? Let's reset those for you. Um, do you need to update your safe address? So really, really basic things that when you're not in this situation, you think, God, that's really straightforward. But I think it can be really, really powerful for, for customers experiencing yeah, distress and, and just concerned about sort of their well-being and where they're at. The other piece as well is that we've we produced a heap of guides and resources on our on our website, uh, which I'm happy to provide you the, the link to um, as part of this podcast. But they uh, really talk through if you're if you're in the stage of about to leave versus you've already left, what are the different strategies that you can look at and what are some really, really practical things that you can think about? So one big thing as well is uh, we talk to customers around, do you have, um, if, they're, if they're about to leave the relationship, do you have access to your, your key documents? So your passport, your license, do you have just a copy of a bill or something like that? Like really, really simple stuff that can make it really easy when you're applying for Centrelink benefits. Yeah, for sure. And of course, all of these developments that you have spoken about have been relatively unprecedented in the financial sector. Do you have any client success stories that you're willing to share or that you can share? One that really stands out to me was a customer. So we we did a full page spread in Sydney Morning Herald in The Age. And we had a customer reach out and she'd said she'd been in a relationship with her husband for um, 25 years at that point. And uh, she had two kids and he did a lot of travel for did a lot of travel for work, and she said the normal arrangement was that they um, he would go away for work and he would um, he controlled all the finances. So often that would mean that when he would go away for long periods of time, she wouldn't have access to money to buy sort of groceries for the kids, and she would have to call him and have to beg to get money for her and the kids just to put food on the table. Like we're not talking lavish stuff. This is really basic, just to get food on the table, and. She saw the full page spread. She contacted our team and she said, I didn't know what it was. Like, I didn't know what it was called, but through your campaign, I now know that I've been a victim of financial abuse for the entire time that I've been married. Uh, and we, we had a conversation with her around the options available to her. So we connected her with 1-800-RESPECT so that she could build a safety plan because she wanted to leave that relationship. We also spoke to her about what's your what's your financial arrangement? Do you have an account in your own name? So all those sort of basic um, basic things that we went through before, and she's now sort of on on that journey to to think through what her next steps are. And in the absence of having that campaign, she didn't know what it was, but she sort of had that gut instinct that something wasn't right. And this this was with somebody that she was married um, she was married to for twenty five years. So I think that one. That one always gets to me because I, I think there's, there's probably a lot of people in that situation where they, they just don't know what it's called. And I think it's because when we think about domestic and family violence or intimate partner abuse, we think of scars, we think of bruises, we think of like we have a really simplistic way in which we, we think about these really nuanced um, and complex topics. But uh, financial abuse is something that is often hidden and it's often unseen and it's really, really hard to pick up. So... That's one of the one that gives me goosebumps. Maybe made me cry a little bit when I when I saw that story came through. But again, really, really proud that my team was able to was able to help her. Yeah, for sure. And for any listeners out there, how can we get in contact with yourself or your team? 
So customers can contact us by going onto our website, which is combank.com.au forward slash next chapter. If you're in an emergency, um, always call triple zero. The other thing that I would call out is um, for counselling or support, customers can call 1800RESPECT, the National Sexual Assault Domestic and Family Violence Counselling Service on 1800 737 732. Perfect. And of course, with all your experience working in this industry and this niche, is there any message that you'd give out to listeners? I think uh, we don't talk about money enough as a as a society and equally if we don't talk about money we've got no chance of talking about financial abuse so I think it's really healthy to integrate conversations um, about money to those that you are financially sort of tied with so often that might be an intimate partner or it could be a parent it could be a friend it could be a distant family member overseas that you might have financial obligations to so I think the first thing for me is think about and really reflect on who who are you in a financial arrangement with and do you have a healthy relationship with them in terms of money? How, how does it feel when you talk about money with them? Is it something that it's really awkward? Is it something that um, causes agitation or avoidance? Like they're some of the key traits that if you find that sort of you're in that situation, reflect on why. Um, and if you if you feel that you're in a situation where, um, you know, a more extreme situation where you are experiencing intimate partner abuse or um, domestic and financial abuse of any sort, talk to your bank, talk to um, talk to your bank about what are the options that are available and really go through some of those simple, uh, simple things that I went through before around setting up an account in your own name, reviewing your passwords, um, and talking to an expert. So talk to 1-800-RESPECT around building a safety plan if that's something that that's sort of on your mind and that you want to pursue. Yeah, perfect. Well, I definitely took away so many insights from this conversation. I hope any listeners out there did the same. And once again, thank you so much for your time, Carlo. Thanks for having me. Thank you for listening. I hope we've given you the information you need to seek help and an understanding of abuse and violence so that you can help others.